and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Wednesday, folks, and what the heck happened yesterday in the NFL? We got breaking news on not one, but two quarterbacks. Oh my god. Goodness, we have some news on the Aaron Rodgers saga, but like in classic Aaron Rodgers fashion, it's still foggy. We know, but do we even really know? Oh my goodness. So we got to talk about that today on the show. And then, oh my God, blockbuster starting face of the franchise quarterback being traded away just like that after we heard repeatedly, no, 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 we're not trading them for not one but two straight years. And now here we are, that player being traded to a team in a new conference. Mm-hmm. Have we seen this play out? A face of the franchise quarterback gets traded to another conference. Well, I guess the first quarterback wasn't traded. He picked it. But uh, regardless, we got a face of the franchise quarterback switching conferences. And are we going to know the Super Bowl winners right now? Uh, potentially, folks. So, tons to talk about today. And not only are we going to be talking about those quarterbacks, but we're going to kind of like parlay that into a little bit of a Wednesday film study and watching a, uh, a draft prospect. So, this is a true packed show. We're going to be talking NFL quarterbacks. We're going to be watching NFL quarterbacks. And then we're watching college quarterbacks for the team that traded their quarterback to see if that's going to be the quarterback that they're going to be rocking with this season to potentially make up for losing a face of the franchise generational talent quarterback you keep up with that folks we got a lot to talk about and a lot to watch so here we go we got the return of the clock folks we must stick to 10 minutes in our nba talk today because there's just so much we need to get to to watch breakdown in the nfl we cannot really spend any time messing around in the nba so Let's kick off the show here. We'll start in the NBA, talk the NBA from last night. We hit, yes, sir, and uh, try to break down the games tonight to make a little bit more money as well, and then we will shift gears to the NFL where we dive into it, folks. We are diving into it today, yes? All right, so... Here we go. 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA. We got 10 minutes on the clock, and the 10 minutes starts right now. Alrighty, we had a handful of games on in the NBA last night. We had two bets going, one legit real bet, but then one bet that we had to kind of cancel last second because this information came out of nowhere. Surprise me. I already locked it in, and I tried to get it back from DraftKings, and they said, no, you're, li- <laughs> you're, you're screwed. You're locked 
locked in and I was like, no, no, because I parlayed it with something else that was fantastic value and it didn't pan out. Ooh, but we'll get to that when we get to it. But here we go. First game up, the game that we were confident betting on, that we did hit on. The first game up, Nets at the Hornets. Nets minus three and a half and they win by 11. Now, this was a little bit more of a blowout than it seemed. I mean, the Nets were up at like 30 points at halftime. Hornets did claw their way back a little bit, but at the end of the day, Nets get the win by 11, 132 to 121, cover the minus three and a half, and actually, uh, right before game time, it went up to Nets minus four and a half. So whatever you locked it in at, it did cash because the Nets are better than the Hornets. Stop with the Hornets. Vegas is still trying. Like, Hornets plus three and a half? Like, what? What? That's not enough. Even, I don't even know if I would have taken, like, Hornets plus seven and a half, honestly. I think I still would have swallowed the points with the Nets uh, at minus seven and a half. So Vegas in their obsession with the Hornets, I just don't get it. But that's fine. Y'all keep doing your Vegas. We'll be bankrupting you. No problem. But uh, who stole the show last night for the Nets was Kyrie Irving. The man got it done. 50 points on 19 shots. Oh, my God. The man shot 9 of 12 from 3, folks. Sheesh. While still having 6 assists last night. So, Kyrie Irving, a magnificent performance. Fantastic. Andre Drummond, 20 points, 14 rebounds. Yes. Ooh. Andre Drummond, folks. The bigs. Come on. Shot him out. We get Kevin Durant a little lackluster last night. 14 points. He had 7 assists to go along with that. But Kyrie Irving was taking up all the scoring. And then Andre Drummond. Drummond was like, yeah, I'll be the second leading scorer. Andre Drummond, second leading scorer in only 24 minutes. Yes, that's what we're talking about. So we're starting to get this Nets team potentially on track here um, because this is a good starting lineup. Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Kevin Rant, and then you throw in Bruce Brown. Who cares, really? But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a solid lineup there. Then we swap. Uh, we're going to have to swap Seth Curry for Ben Simmons once he gets healthy. But then we get Seth Curry coming off the bench. So this Nets team can be kind of trending up. Words. Got to keep winning, though. They did it last night. So shout out to the Nets for getting the win. And then for the Hornets last night, we had uh, LaMelo, 24 points, 7 assists, classic. Terry Rozier, 30 points, 8 rebounds, really good game by him. He shot 5 of 11 from 3. And then Miles Bridges, a nice 30 points as well. But Mason Plumley 2 points, 5 rebounds, getting a little bit outworked by Andre Drummond. And then uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. coming off the bench, 15 big old points to try to make it a little bit competitive than what it actually was. But Nets... Get the nice win here, 132 to 121. All right, <laughs> folks, folks, y'all not know what we mean when we say classic Pacers, folks, because, oh, my goodness, classic Pacers last night. Cavs at the Pacers, and the Cavs win by three. What was the spread on this? Like three and a half. We stayed away from it just because of too tight value. No Jared Allen for the Cavs last night. No Karis LeVert for the Cavs last night. And the Pacers still lose in dramatic, close fashion. Had the lead in the fourth quarter. Lost it. Lose by three. Classic Pacers. This team does not know how to win games. We need to start an investigation into the owner of the Pacers because I think we got a little bit of a Miami Dolphins situation going on. The owner of the Pacers must be incentivizing the head coach to lose games. You don't lose this many games close over a, like a five-year span, folks. Investigate the Pacers. Open up that investigation, please. We must have the answers of why they just lose. They lose close games every game, folks. It's wild. Investigate the Pacers, please. So, Cavs get another win here, 127-124. to 124. We had Darius Garland, 41 points, 13 assists. I mean, that's a step up. No Jared Allen, no Karis LeVert, and Darius Garland's like, it's only little old me out here? 
I guess I got to do it all. 41 points, 13 assists. Magnificent. That's what we're talking about, folks. Don't give me, you know, how we're a little hard on some players for not stepping up. Don't give me that nonsense anymore. You need to step up. When you're the only guy out on the floor, a little bit of Kyle Kuzma, you've got to step it up when it's only you out there. In this performance by Darius Garland, there is no more excuses for anybody out there. Yes, we go hard on players, but it's deserved when we get great performances like this out of Darius Garland. Yes, yes, yes. So shout out to Darius Garland. An absolute magnificent performance, plus 18 on the floor. But that, that wasn't the only great performance by the Cavs last night. Evan Mobley steps up. He moves to the five and takes uh, over for Jared Allen. And yeah, this man was Jared Allen last night. 22 points, 13 rebounds, five steals. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Do we like Evan Mobley at the five better than we like him at the four? Is Jared Allen crowding the floor? Mm, I don't want to even say any of that, but this was a nice performance by Evan Mobley. The rookie, the rookie, another step-up performance. Shout-out to the rookie getting it done. And then we had Laurie Marcannon, 21 points, 5 rebounds as well. So that big three got it done for this Cavs team, missing kind of two of their top three players. Shout-out to the Cavs continuing to win. And then for the Pacers, well, Tyrese Halliburton did what we asked him to do. He took 14 shots, which was the second highest last night. So being aggressive, 25 points, led the team in scoring, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, a plus 4 on the floor, which was the best from the starting lineup. But unfortunately, it still results in a loss. So I guess we don't have the answers to this Pacers team. We just thought if Tyrese Halliburton was more aggressive, it would win games. But once again, they're still losing close so that obviously was not the answer we got to go back to kind of the drawing board to see what this Pacers team can do but they are still losing games still losing games and they got great production by the, out of everybody folks everybody that played uh besides O'Shea Brissett who was in the starting lineup put up 10 or more points I mean, we're talking about nine players putting up 10 or more points, and they still lose, folks. I mean, that's the Pacers. Investigate the Pacers. Yes, yes, there's something fishy going on here, and we must get to the bottom of it. There is incentives for losing at the Indiana Pacers organization. Adam Silver, do your job and investigate this team. Something is smelling fishy. Cavs get the win, 127-124. All right, next game up here, we got the Suns at the Magic, and ooh, close game, and we stayed away from this one. Suns minus six, and they don't even cover that, folks. Suns only win by three, 102 to 99 last night. Once again, no Devin Booker, no Chris Paul, all of that. So Cameron Payne, 18 points, 12 assists, very well done. Laundry Shamit still filling in at the two for Devin Booker, 21 points, solid. And then uh, DeAndre Ayton is just going manic here, folks. 21 points, 19 rebounds. I mean, every game when it's just DeAndre Ayton out there because of no Chris Paul and no Devin Booker, this man gets it done talk about another step up here shout out to these teams with players uh that are stepping it up without their best players in the starting lineup or even on the floor shout out to deandre ayton shout out to darius garland shout out to evan mobley thank y'all for getting it done and stepping it up it we knew it was possible i mean that's why we hold these players to high standards and these teams to high standards i mean if you've got depth here we need to see those players step up consistently next man up 
next man up. Let's get it going. And we're getting proof right here. So we will continue to be hard on teams that we do not get their kind of other role players stepping up when the starters are not playing a night, two nights in a row, a week of games, six weeks, a month of games. If your stars are not out there, I must see somebody else step it up. And Jay Cro or DeAndre Ayton so far is doing just that. So shout out big time to DeAndre Ayton. And then for the Magic, they kept it close, but once again, I mean, I think we have to fade Cole Anthony 100%. This man is not panning out or getting better out throughout the season. He's actually getting worse throughout the season, which is kind of crazy because this Magic team almost beat the Suns last night, but not because of Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony was a minus 13 on the floor. That was the worst by far from the Magic, starters or the bench. So Cole Anthony letting us down last night, shot 28%, put up 11 points, 5 assists. We had Wendell Carter, 20 points, 12 rebounds. That was fantastic. Moritz Wagner coming off the bench, 12 points. Markel Fultz still coming off the bench, 11 points as well. So they kept it close, but it's not because of our uh, Cole Anthony. He's letting us down tremendously, and I don't know how much more we can take of it. So Suns get the win, 102-99. to then we get the Pelicans at the Grizzlies, and this is the game that truly broke us last night. We took the Pelicans plus 6.5 on the show because we thought everybody was playing, but come to find out, like 45 minutes right before tip-off, no, uh, no, uh, no Brandon Ingram the hell is that? He wasn't even listed a game time decision, and that's why we're saying you have to really kind of bet closer to tip-off in the NBA, because I don't know what the hell is going on this season. I mean, we're getting kind of uh, crazy outside of nowhere. Brandon Ingram was not listed as like a game time decision or anything like that, so we didn't even think him not playing. So obviously, when we got the news, we tried to cancel our bet on DraftKings. They wouldn't let us do that. Truly unfortunate there. Um, and we even parlayed it with this. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton over 27 and a half points points, rebounds, and assists on a nice little two-teamer right there. And uh, do we have to remind y'all what Tyrese Halliburton did? Because the man went manic. Uh, 25 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. So, yeah, that's way more than 27.5. Let me do the quick math right there. I get 29 plus 9. That is 38. So, yeah, he had 38. So, that was fantastic. And um, the, the Pelicans blew it because Brandon Ingram did not want to play last night. So, Unfortunate there. That is our 10 minutes, so let's just rush through these last three games quickly here. So the Pelicans, I will give Pel uh, credit to the Pelicans a little for being a little competitive. I mean, they were <clears throat> a little bit of uh, neck and neck in the first half lead ballooning up to like kind of 20 a little bit in the second quarter and then uh, CJ McCollum would just fire back and kind of shrink it back down to 9 to 8 I think they got it within like 4 at one point and then it just ballooned up way more in the second half as well but I will give the Pelicans a little credit of uh, functioning without Brandon Ingram in the first half of the game solid mini credit here by the Pelicans and not an overreaction that we are going to sell this Pelicans team or you know we, we're still not high on this Pelicans team you don't have one of your big three I mean we're not going to expect them to beat this Grizzlies team who is one of the top tier teams in the league so uh, CJ McCollum got it done 32 points last night 11 assists he shot 5 of 10 from the 3 everything else really lackluster by the Pelicans last night uh, for the Grizzlies we get John Moran 24 points 8 assists 8 rebounds Desmond Bain 22 points Jaron Jackson Jr. 22 points and once again Steve Adams folks 4 points on 3 shots still a plus 27 on the floor doing his thing yes sir kind of locking up Jonas Valanciunas a lot last night really disappointed in the way Valanchunas played against Steven Adams. So we are going to have to see some more kind of... Um uh, this Pelicans team still has a little bit of work to do if they truly want to kind of be regarded as one of the better teams in the league. But uh, we're not overreacting to this loss. They didn't have Brandon Ingram last night. <clears throat> Grizzlies get the win 132-111. to 111. 
Then we get the Bucks at the Thunder. Bucks blow them out, 142 to 115 for the Bucks. Giannis, 39 points. Bobby Portis, 18 points, 14 rebounds. We had Chris Middleton, 25 points, 9 assists. I mean, Chris Middleton, these last couple of games, folks, have been truly fantastic. So we'll see if Chris Middleton can keep it up. And then just everybody getting it done. Serge Ibaka off the bench, 14.7 rebounds. Truly fantastic. So Bucks blow out the Thunder with just Shea Gillis Alexander. Once again, he did his thing, folks. Shea Gillis Alexander is always reliable with uh, – some people, without some people, whoever's in the starting lineup, it doesn't matter. Shea Gillis Alexander will get it done. 33 points on 61% shooting, 14 assists, 8 rebounds. He was a plus 4 on the floor. A plus 4 on the floor in 35 minutes in a 30, like a 28 point loss, 27 point loss. So, well done to Shea Gillis Alexander. Once again, got to get him off this Thunder team because they are wasting his talents here. Bucks get the giant win, 142 to 115. And even worse news for this Thunder team and for Shea Gillis Alexander because we get Lugans Dort is going to be out for the remainder of the season. So, man's not coming back. They're shutting him down. So, Shea Gillis Alexander, you're going to have to do it all yourself for the remainder of the season. Unfortunate. <clears throat> And then the last game of the night here, Clippers at the Warriors, and the Warriors get back on track with the win, winning 112-97. Clippers just not quite ready to kind of move up in um, just the overall uh, stance in the NBA. Uh, they're just still a mediocre team. They're not trash. They're not good. They're just really kind of mediocre with all Paul George here, and that's what we saw by the Clippers last night. But for the Warriors, Steph Curry only 15 points, one of six from the three. So the Clippers lost if Steph Curry putting up 15 points. That's even a worse sign for the Clippers. Klay Thompson only 20 points last night. Jordan Poole 20 points. Jonathan Kaminga 21 points off the bench. Led the team in scoring. So man oh man. These, these uh, role players of the Warriors. Talk about role players stepping up. Shout out Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. Fantastic performances last night. Even Andrew Wiggins let us down again. 14 points. He did have 11 rebounds. We'll give him credit for that. But 14 points. We need some scoring here by the Warriors. Man oh man. <clears throat> And then for the Clippers last night, Reggie Jackson still letting us down five points on 14% shooting. To, uh, he did have seven assists. We give him credit for the seven assists, but five points on 14% shooting. We need scoring, please. Yes. Uh, Marcus Morris let us down as well. Only 11 points on 36% shooting. Usually we can rely on him to give us some points, but he couldn't even get it done last night. Zubak shot 0%, but got to the line four times to make four points, nine rebounds. So, man, oh man, this Clippers team has been letting us down and they need that superstar leader on the floor to bring him and tie him all together they don't have that and they've been losing games ever since so Warriors get the win 112 297 Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night. Now let's see quickly if we can make a little bit of money tonight in the NBA with the spreads. And uh, we've been finding great value here over the last couple of days. So let's see if we can keep it going here. Tons of games on in the NBA tonight. Let's see if we can go over this a little quickly. So first game up here, we get the Bulls at the Pistons. Bulls minus 5.5, Pistons plus 5.5. Alrighty, we've been very impressed with this Pistons team as of recently uh, being competitive but this is the game that the Bulls go and dominate and then everybody kind of resets oh see the Bulls are legit they are a real team see DeMar DeRozan is MVP so I think we're going to stay away from this game we got two conflicting kind of narratives going here and I don't know if I really want to choose and bet between one honestly so for the Bulls we get Vucevic is a game time decision which is probably good for the Bulls um, and then for the Pistons we get Killian Hayes is out and Isaiah Stewart is out ooh that's ooh, ooh, they're starting big is out so 
We're going to stay away from this one. We like the Pistons here, but this is a game that the Bulls win, so we got to stay away from it. All right, next game up here, we get the Celtics at the Hornets. Hornets on the back-to-back, -back, but the Celtics minus 7.5. I'd love to see the Celtics play, folks. So super excited about that. I think this is the Celtics' last game before Friday when we reorder our power rankings. So go out with the bang, Celtics, because I'll put you at number one if you do. All right, then we get the Suns at the Heat. Ooh, Suns on the back-to-back. -back. We can't bet this one, actually. Uh, but Heat minus 5.5, that looks good as well. Um, Jimmy Butler's a game-time decision, and so is, so is Kayla Martin. It is, unfortunately, a back-to-back, -back, so we will stay away from it. But if you were leaning to bet this game, I think the Heat can definitely win this game. Suns on the back-to-back -back with all them banged up. This is a true test for the Suns team. Let's see if DeAndre Ayton can still step up going against Bam Adebayo. This should be a great one. Suns at the Heat. We'll stay away from it, though, because of the back-to-back. All right, then we get the Hawks and the Bucks. Bucks on the back-to-back. -back. We're staying away from this one. Thunder at the Timberwolves. Thunder on the back-to-back. -back. We got to stay away from this one. Magic at the Pelicans. Both on the back-to-back. -back. We got to stay away from this one. Pelicans. Um, is Brandon Ingram playing this game? Hopefully he is. Let's see. Uh, Brandon Ingram is a game-time decision. Yeah, you could have told us that last night, please. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, Magic at the Pelicans, both on the back-to-back. -back. We got to stay away from this. Lakers at the Rockets. And is this game on TV? I think there's games on tonight. Okay, thank God it's not on. I, I can't endure a Lakers game again, folks. Uh, Lakers at the Rockets. Lakers <clears throat> Lakers minus 5.5. Rockets plus 5.5 here. LeBron, game-time decision. Malik Monk, game-time decision. Taylor Horton Tucker, game-time decision. And then for the Rockets. Rockets, uh, Christian Wood, game-time decision, Garrison Matthews, Deshaun Tate, Dennis Schroeder, all game-time decisions. Lakers are trash. I'm not going to swallow five and a half here. We know the Rockets are trash. I'm not taking the five there. So, man, oh, man, two trash teams. We will stay away from it. Then we get the Knicks at the Mavs. Yes, yes. Knicks plus eight and a half. Mavericks minus eight and a half. All righty, I think. I think our... Uh, our sponsors are going to be our saving grace here uh, for finally taking a game. We had to skip them all so far. But uh, Mavericks minus 8.5, it seems like a big spread. This seems way too high. Knicks plus 8.5 is kind of seeming like the better value here. But the Mavericks, they win by that three-point shot. So, yes, that the Knicks have... Julius Randle, and he's going to be clogging it up down low, but the Mavericks aren't even going to be, are going to be down low. And this Knicks team doesn't have the firepower at the guard position to keep up with the threes. Evan Fournier, he's going to make a fool out of himself here. Evan Fournier is about to take like 10 or more threes here because the Mavericks are going to be hitting threes and it's going to get intoxicating and the Knicks are going to fall kind of in the trap of trying to outshoot the Mavericks and that's going to be their downfall. So watch for Evan Fournier to have an abysmal performance shooting 10 or more threes and making a fool out of himself here. Uh, for the Knicks, uh, we get Mitchell Robinson's a game time decision. Cam Reddish is out, so that's all their depth at the bench, really. So ugh, good luck there. And then for the Mavericks, we get Tim Hardaway Jr. is still out. Jalen Brunson is a game time decision. So uh, this is kind of our, our the third strike here. Knicks have won the last two games. Uh, you know, of our sponsorship agreement, always bang it, betting against them. So we need the Mavericks to win here, cover the eight and a half, so we don't have to kind of have that discussion with our lawyers. Do we terminate this contract a little bit earlier than we thought we were? We don't want to, but if the Knicks win three in a row, we are going to have to have that discussion. So Mavericks, they're our saving grace. We'll swallow the eight and a half here, folks. <clears throat> Mavericks minus eight and a half, not betting on the Knicks. 
All right, then we get the Raptors at the Spurs. Raptors minus two, Spurs plus two. This Raptors team still in the middle of their skid, and Fred Van Vliet is a game-time decision, and OG Ananubi is out, and Malachi Flynn is out. So really no bettability on this Raptors team. And then for the Spurs, we get Lonnie Walker, game-time decision, alongside Devin Vassell and Kiete Bates-Diop. So just <clears throat> this Raptors team, <clears throat> we got to stay away from betting them. This Spurs team is good, but they're not consistent. So, uh, you know, two middle-of-the-road teams really trying to figure it out. Uh, we can't bet them at this current moment. So got to stay away from here. Jeez Louise, all these games on, but we've still only got three more games to maybe find some good value with. Jeez. So here we go. Nuggets at the Kings. Nuggets minus 4.5. Kings plus 4.5 now, I think. I like this value right here. Uh, for the Nuggets, we get Will Barton a game-time decision and Bones Highland a game-time decision. For the Kings, we get Jeremy Lamb, Mark Maurice Harkless, all game-time decisions, and Raquan Holmes and Ter Terrence Davis are both out. So Nuggets minus 4.5 here. Once again, the Kings, Sabonis, can't close out games. Nuggets, big, joking, getting it done. Uh, so, Nuggets, yeah, minus four and a half. We only have to swallow four and a half here. That's easy peasy. This Kings team is not the real deal. And we know this Nuggets team can beat the very lackluster teams. I mean, the Nuggets just beat the Warriors the other night. The Kings are worse than the Warriors, yes? We'll swallow the four and a half here. Sabonis does classic Sabonis things. We just saw the Pacers do classic Pacers things last night. It's all classic out here, folks. It's just super classic as of recently. <coughs> Alrighty, then we get the Blazers at the Jazz. Blazers plus 18. Jazz minus 18. And I know we got over our fear of big spreads, but this is a little next level, folks. 18 points. Are we really betting at something 18 points wise? Come on. I think that's getting a little ridiculous. Uh, for the Blazers, though, um, Anthony Simons is a game time decision. So if Anthony Simons was out, yeah, absolutely, we may think about swallowing the minus 18. Uh, but with him being a game time decision, backdoor cover, all of that, this is on Oh, don't tell me this. Really? This is on ESPN. This is the late game of the doubleheader. We got the Blazers on national television. Are you kidding? Are you kidding me? A minus 18 point spread on national television? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Honestly, what are we doing? Uh, we don't have... Um uh, what is the other game? What's the first game on television tonight? Let's see if they're making up for it because that late game, what the hell is that? Uh, we get Suns at the Heat on ESPN. That's the first game up, 730 on ESPN. So that's going to be okay. Um, yeah, uh, Blazers, on, no, we're, we're going to have to suffer through that one, folks. Uh, but we're going to stay away from that one. 18 points, that's clownish at this point. That's not even us fearing big spreads. That's just clownish, folks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> we're staying away from it. And then the last game of the night, Wizards at the Clippers. Clippers on the back-to-back. -back. No, thank you. So all these games tonight, all these games that we can only find two good value? Damn. All right, well, let's not push anything, folks. Do not push anything that gets you in trouble, folks. Pushing gets you in trouble. That's what I've learned. So don't push. Yes. So Mavericks minus eight and a half. Nuggets minus four and a half. That's what we're going with tonight. And uh, loving it. Fantastic. Nuggets, Nuggets minus four and a half. Betting against our sponsors, folks. Really tempted to bet the Celtics minus seven and a half. But we are going to stick uh, away from betting back to backs. Um, Bucks minus. Uh, did we talk about this one? Did we talk about Hawks at the box? Why do I feel like we did not talk about that? Hawks at the box. Bucks minus 14, or Bucks minus four and a half. I think I'm liking that a lot. Yeah, I am liking that a lot. Why did we not talk about this game? Did we talk about this game? I don't remember talking about this game. Oh, Bucks are on the back-to-back. -back. That's why. Damn, damn, damn. See, I want to take Bucks minus four and a half. I want to take Celtics minus seven and a half, but they're both on, you know, back-to-back -back games. 
Ugh, ugh, ugh. I want to break the rule, but we got to stick to our rule. But uh, I am going to be watching these like a hawk. I may even throw some money. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to break my own rule. But um, Celtics minus 7.5, Bucks minus 4.5, I'm loving it. I'm really loving the Bucks minus 4.5 here, folks, against this Hawks team. Once again, we don't think the, the Hawks aren't even good. The Hawks are not good. This is not a good team. Bucks minus four and a half. I'm breaking my rule, folks. I don't care. Bucks minus four and a half. I've got to break it. I know that they just are on the back to back and they put up 140 plus points and everybody's going to be betting the Bucks tonight. But if this makes me the sucker, this makes me the fool. I'll, I'll go down with the ship on the fool ship, the clown ship. We will all be clowns tonight on the Titanic sinking, going down. If that's what I have to do, folks. But I can't pass up this great Bucks value officially breaking our rule of not betting back to backs. We're taking the Bucks minus four and a half tonight, folks. We have to uh, we have to do this. This is great value. All right, so we'll see if that gets us in trouble, but um, I'm willing to live and die by that result. So three games tonight we're taking. Mavericks minus 8.5, Nuggets minus 4.5, and the Bucks minus 4.5, swallowing points and not giving a damn, folks. Look at me eating all these points. Not giving a damn. I got it. Big old smile on my face eating all these points. Give me more points. More points. Give me the points. I'll keep them coming. I'll keep eating them. Is this an open buffet out here? Because I am just eating points. Eating points tonight, folks. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today, so now let's shift gears and get into it, folks. Are y'all ready to get into it? Because we are getting into it right here. Oh my goodness, maybe the biggest day, maybe the single biggest day in NFL offseason history? Is this potential, folks? Is this potentially the biggest day in off-season history in the NFL, folks? Two face of the franchise, big names, I mean, talked about in like the top 20 greatest of all time quarterbacks, maybe even the top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time, and they both make big time major decisions in one day? I think it's up there, folks. I think it's up there. But before we get to those big old stories, let's go over some smaller stories that have been going on um, over the past couple of hours here. So here we go. Let's start here. The Dallas Cowboys have created $22 million in cap space by restructuring the contracts of Dak Prescott and Zach Martin. So getting creative to get under the salary cap here. And why do I feel like this was kind of like a loophole everybody's exploiting? Because I don't think we've gotten this many restructured contracts with like great big names, like starting quarterbacks to like, uh, like converting some of their salary to kind of like signing bonuses and all that. I feel like we've gotten a lot of these kind of like strange restructuring of contracts over like the last two years. Was there like some loophole somebody uncovered to get under the salary cap or something? Because uh, I don't remember this many restructurings, um, kind of restructuring contracts and then paying out signing bonuses and all that. It's just so weird. I don't think I've seen at this volume before, but here we are, Dak Prescott and Zach Martin restructuring their contract to save $22 million this season. And we know this is big time for the Cowboys because they are way over the salary cap and are going to have to kind of start cutting some players. I don't, I, I would love for this to kind of change the outcome of the Amari Cooper potential cut as as well to save money against the salary cap this season, but it still seems like the Cowboys are adamant on getting rid of Amari Cooper, and once again, we have to warn the Cowboys that is the worst thing that this team can do is get rid of Amari Cooper because he brings so much to this team. 
First, he's just an offensive producer. The man gets it done. Can we bring up Amari Cooper's stats over the last couple of seasons? This man is no scrub. We know this. He gets it done stat-wise, statistic, yards, touchdowns. He gets them done here. Here we go, Amari Cooper. I mean, two straight seasons of 1,100 yards when he's with the Cowboys. Like, first time getting there already. First two full seasons with the Cowboys. 1,100 yards, no problem. Eight touchdowns a year one. Five touchdowns a year two. This season, only 865 yards. But he only started 14 games. But he still had eight touchdowns. So, still getting production. Look at these great catch percentage numbers. 70% in 2020. A little bit of a down here, here. Uh, year here at 65%, but still a great surefire target that is a producer that is going to get it done. And he's not only getting it done, he's truly getting it done, folks, because he is the number one receiver. So that uh, acquires the attention of the number one cornerback. And Amari Cooper is still generating this great statistics and great offensive production. That is just reason number one why Amari Cooper, getting rid of him, is a bad decision. His offensive production is fantastic. Number two, he's your number one option. Folks, still getting this type of production. The defense having to truly cover Amari Cooper, and he's still able to get this production. Yeah, I know that's kind of part number one, but that's kind of a part number two all by itself as well. The attention, he takes away attention for everybody else to open up as well. Are people going to be kind of hounding on Amar on CD Lamb when he's the number one receiver now? It's going to be quite Questionable, folks, because once again, this brings up point number three. The connection between Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott is immaculate, folks. It's fantastic. It's always sure-fired. It's always ready to go. 70% catch percentage. Yeah, yeah. I don't think CeeDee Lamb, I don't know CeeDee Lamb's number, so this is truly going to tell us if we know what we're talking about or not. Or if we kind of spit some garbage there for the last couple of seconds. But let me see. Let me see CeeDee Lamb's catch percentages overall. Because I do not think they are as high as Amari Cooper's. Here we go. Year one, Amari uh, CeeDee Lamb is at 66%. This season at 65%. So we've seen it go down, folks. CeeDee Lamb didn't outproduce Amari Cooper, but once again, the Cowboys offense was not like the best that we've seen it. This was not the best offensive year for, by the Cowboys. I know a lot of people thought it was, and people are still talking about this Cowboys offense like it's fantastic, and it's not, folks. It's truly concerning. So we saw a step back from 2020 to 2021 with uh, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, so what the hell is that going to tell us for next season? This offense is kind of going downhill with the acquiring what's the difference here. Oh, Mike McCarthy as a head coach. That's your problem. It's not Amari Cooper. I don't understand why the uh, the Cowboys are thinking like the salary cap and Amari Cooper are the reasons why they're losing. Look at the head coaching spot. That will solve all of your problems. So, C.D. Lamb now having to become the number one wide receiver here. Um, Amari Cooper, folks, getting rid of him is the worst thing that you can do. And we told y'all, we predicted it. This Cowboys team, if they let Amari Cooper go, we saw the future, folks, in our great, expensive, highly technical algorithm that we were able to buy and develop, folks. We ran the numbers. We ran the scenario. And the Cowboys go 3-14 and 14 next season without Amari Cooper. But we also ran it if they keep him. And they win the Super Bowl next year if they if they keep Amari Cooper. So, once again, we already know the future. We tried calling Jerry Jones. He won't return my phone calls, and he's not watching the show for some reason. So, I've done my part. I, I can't do anything else for this Cowboys team, but still seems like they are...
going to be getting rid of him, even though they saved $22 million in the uh, salary cap by restructuring Dak and Zach Martin's contract. So, we'll see what else they do. We'll see who they cut. We'll see who they bring in. But uh, I don't know if there's any replacing Amari Cooper, unfortunate. All right, next uh, next quick story up here, and this is great. Uh, the Chargers and wide receiver Mike Williams are working on a three-year extension that will pay him up to $60 million, and I believe this did get done. I just don't think I uh, kind of uh, – uh, brought up the most recent tweet, but wide receiver for the Chargers, Mike Williams is going to be returning this season, three years, $60 million. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mike Williams, fantastic. I mean, I got it up here. Um, yeah, here we go. We, we, we love this Chargers wide receiver core. Um, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, great kind of stand-up, classic, wide receivers, tall, go up and get it. But, you know, what is kind of changing in the league? The little bit of the gadget player, Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddle, Cordell Patterson. So, yeah, the Chargers have great wide receivers, but we also kind of need, like, the little bit of the gadget guy. Even kind of like a... Um, um, why am I blanking? Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's kind of a, a, a typical wide receiver, but we see him able to get open and kind of, you know, in the crossing routes, in the shallow, uh, kind of shallow throwing game. We get Cooper Cup always exploiting that, but Mike Williams and Keenan, Keenan Allen, I mean, that's not their type of play. So we, uh, yeah, the Chargers are good and we like these receivers, but we need something else. We need something that's going to pop on this Chargers team kind of gadget wise. And yeah, Austin Eckler can be that guy, the running back here because he is a dual threat running back. Um, but we're going to have to kind of, you know, start implementing that into the offensive game plan and all that. So Chargers are kind of bringing everybody back together here. Going to rerun it with kind of the big classic wide receivers. But we'll see if that's outdated thinking in the NFL. And if you truly do need that kind of gadget guy that can really kind of do it all, get into open space, have the speed, uh, take attention away from the other receivers, get inside the middle of the field, and then just exploit the run after the catch like we we see from Debo Samuel, like we see from Jalen Waddle, like we see from Cordell Patterson. So we'll see what the Chargers decide to do. I love that they're keeping Mike Williams, but I believe they're going to have to do something else talent-wise at the receiver position to open it all up. We know Justin Herbert can throw whatever, so it's not going to be on Justin Herbert to get it done. It's going to be the personnel in the scheme here for the Chargers that potentially still hold them back because, once again, this Chargers team is good, but it seems like they're not reaching the their maximum potential just quite yet. Well, that was kind of Anthony Lynn's problem, and now we just saw it again this season, all right? So, ugh, Chargers, they've got the great talent, but maybe it's outdated talent. Unfortunate, but uh, Mike Williams working on a three-year, $60 million deal that I did, do believe is going to get done if it is not done already, but uh, this is kind of guaranteed out here. All right, next story up here, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I mean, he's gonna, he's going to be kind of the talk of the town, especially after the Russell Wilson trade. I mean, this is going to be everybody's clamoring over Mitchell Trubisky. Now, now, I do believe y'all should be clamoring over Gardner Minshew more. Gardner Minshew should really be the talk of the town here, but everybody's like uh eh, like focus on Mitchell Trubisky. I don't, I, maybe because he's more likable. I don't know. I, I don't know why everybody just kind of flocks towards Mitchell Trubisky more than Gardner Minshew. Uh, but we digress. We like Gardner Minshew over Mitchell Trubisky. I want that out on the record. All right. Gardner Minshew over Mitchell Trubisky any day of the week. 
But Mitchell Trubisky, he's going to kind of have wherever he wants to go. If he wants to kind of try to compete for a starting job somewhere or if he's going to go to somewhere to, just to be the backup like he was with the Bills this season. But it seems like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be on the move and we'll see which destination he decides to select here. But we're going to uh, hear uh, from the man. We're going to hear from the MVP out here because we get this right here. Mitchell Trubisky open to joining Brian Dable in the Giants in free agency but knows he has options saying, quote, I don't know where I'm going to go. So he knows he's got options. He knows he's going to play the game. So that I respect the hell out of Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, I'm open to joining Brian Dable. Obviously, that's kind of the, the easiest connection to sell, the easiest kind of connection to talk about. Oh, you were together. Yeah, that's easily match made in heaven. Yeah, and you can even compete with Daniel Jones because we know that the Giants did not pick up his fifth-year option. So they're not set in stone moving forward with Daniel Jones outside of this year. So Mitch Trubisky can potentially be that starter with the Giants. Maybe not this season, but in the future. So is Mitch Trubisky wanting a job now to start, or is he going to play the long waiting game, the wait and see game, the competitive game, the backup game? So let's see what Mitchell Trubisky is saying out here and what he maybe is deciding to lean toward being the starter now or waiting for his time to come in maybe a year or two. So let's read the first lead up right here to a quote. I think we get some quotes here, two, three. We can go through them quickly. Here we go. All right. First lead up. Here we go. A year with the Bills helped rehab Trubisky's image after the quarterback was viewed as a lost cause following a disappointing four-year run with the Chicago Bears. All right. A year in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, that helped Trubisky, but really what kind of helped rebuild this man's image was Matt, Matt, Matt Nagy once again floundering and getting fired. I think I have a better uh, image of Mitchell Trubisky because Matt Nagy is trash than Mitchell Trubisky sitting behind Josh Allen and not playing all year. So, yeah, Mitch Trubisky is a little bit in a better light than he was than he was I mean we were truly knocking the man and looking back on it maybe it was a little undeserved because all that uh frustration should have really went to Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky instead of Mitch Trubisky on the MVP, we hounded on him for winning the MVP award, you know, and all that. So uh, we do apologize a little of the extreme that we went on Trubisky. Uh, all that needs to be reshifted and refocused to Matt Nagy. That man is the true clown here. And the fact that Matt Nagy, what coaching staff did he just join? Uh, I'll try to refigure that out. But Matt Nagy is a coach somewhere again. So uh, is it the Chiefs? Yeah. I think it is the Chiefs. I believe it is the Chiefs, though. The man, the man is going to ruin that Chiefs organization. So, oh, man. Uh, but uh, let's get let's get back to the lead up here. Uh, during an interview with ESPN's Adam Schefter, Trubisky brought up his time with the Bills and what he learned from new Giants coach. Says, quote, Josh Allen is incredible. I had so much fun with Josh and really Davis Webb and our whole quarterback room. Learning from Ken Dorsey, Brian Dable's offense, and Shea. Tierney as well. I just learned so much from Coach Dable. All right, so learned a lot backing up, and that's you know the most important thing you can do. You know, all you know, you can say whatever you want. You know, when God closes one door, another door opens, or a window opens, or something like that. You know, looking on the bright side. Uh, you know, taking a step back, and you know, uh, thinking about the two steps forward that you're gonna be taking. So I'm glad that Mitchell Trubisky made the most out of that kind of one year backup. In, you know, in Buffalo, obviously that's where nobody wants to be. Any professional athlete doesn't want to be the backup. They want to be the guy. And we know, you know, we see it all the time. People want 
wanting to be the guy. It's just natural. People want to be the guy. Um, it's just what it is, folks. You want to be the guy. You don't want to be not the guy. You want to be the guy. You see the guy. Everybody always sees the guy, and they're like, hey, I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy. How do I become the guy? And then everyone's like, oh, no, you can't be the guy, but you can be the guy. You want to be the guy? You can't be the guy, but you can be the guy. You want to be the guy or you want to be the guy? So, you know, people want to be the guy sometimes. So, Mitch Trubisky, especially when you've already been the guy, when you've already been the guy, it's hard to go from the guy to the guy. You know what I mean? So, Mitch Trubisky made truly the most of being just kind of the guy over there in Buffalo. So shout out to that learning, trying to improve what he can do, taking it all in. And I love that he even kind of shouted out Davis Webb. He wasn't just talking about the guy, Josh Allen. He was kind of talking about the guy. <laughs> I think I think third string is just called guy now. They dropped the from the guy. So, I mean, they, he was talking about the guy. He was talking about guy, Davis Webb. So he was truly taking it in from everybody and learning from everybody. So we give Mitchell Trubisky fantastic credit for doing that part. But now let's uh, see what else he's saying here. Second lead up, Trubisky didn't deny he is interested in joining Dable in New York, but also noted that New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Washington could also be in the mix. That is true. I would agree. All those names, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, especially Indianapolis, they want to get rid of Carson Wentz as soon as possible, and I don't blame them. And Washington as well. And Washington was trying to get Russell Wilson. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. So, all right, Mitchell Trubisky says, quote, I think of Coach Dable right away just because of my connection with him right away in Buffalo. I'm excited to see what he does in New York. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I know whatever he does there, he's going to do a great job with that offense. He's a great leader of men. Oh, I love hearing that. He's a he's real and authentic with all the guys, and I think that's why so many people respect him in our building. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And then, of course, New York, you think of the city. I haven't been to New York many times, but you think of big New York City and the Giants. Yes, that is true, Mitch Trubisky. When you think of New York, you do think of New York City um, and the Giants. I know Coach Dable will do a great job, and I'm excited to see that offense. So, all righty. I love, I love that uh, gush over Brian Dable. Leader of men. That's all I want to hear. You tell me somebody's a leader of men, I'm buying into you. At least a little bit. And then when I get my eyes on you, when I get my own peepers on you, and I see, oh yeah, this man can truly lead men. Yeah, that goes up even more. So, Brian Dable being that leader, gonna have to be the leader in New York. They haven't really had a leader. I don't think... Um, uh, Joe, Joe... What was that man's last name? The head coach for the Giants? Uh, Joe... Joe Judge. I don't know if Joe Judge was ever a leader. He didn't look like a leader um, on the sideline, in the press conferences, anything like that. So I don't know how great of a leader Joe Judge was. But if Brian Dable's even a smaller, better amount of a leader than Joe, Joe Judge, yeah, now we're off and running. So, uh, Brian Dable, um, Brian Dable getting credit here by Mitch Trubisky. Absolutely love it. All right, we get one more quote here by Mitchell Trubisky. So, let's see the final thing this man has to say. Last lead up here. Pittsburgh, which has money to spend and need a quarterback following Big Ben Roethlisberger's retirement, is another possible destination. Though, it's debatable how much of an upgrade Trubisky. Oh, don't you dare. Okay, now we're getting. Who the hell wrote this? Who? Who the hell wrote this? Kevin 
Patra, I'm sorry, but this was the most disrespectful thing I have ever seen, and folks, and if you've been watching the show for the last year and a, like 10 months, we've seen a lot of disrespectful things on this show, but saying these words right here, I cannot let you get away with this, Kevin Patra. What the hell did you just say right here? You better retract this. I need to see you edit this article because you even saying this is disrespectful to... Uh, to me, I, I feel disrespected, and I ain't got no stake between these two quarterbacks, this man names, but I am getting disrespected by you just saying this. I feel disrespected. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. I'll finish it, because I don't think I finished it, because uh, it was so, I don't even want to say these words, folks, but this is what Kevin Patrick says. I don't want y'all to get confused. This is not me saying these words, and I don't want, I don't even want to say these words for it to get misconstrued. Y'all taking things out of context, you clipping just these words right here, and then framing it like I said it. No, no. I don't even want to be held accountable for delivering this news. This is how disrespectful this one sentence is. We'll say it. We'll say it. But I don't want y'all to clip this to be me saying this, okay? Okay? This is not me. Quote here by Kevin Patra, the one truly being disrespectful here. Let's finish what we were saying. I... I'm about to be sick. I'm about to be sick. But here we go. Quote. I'm quoting Kevin Patra here, and I'm keeping up the quote signs the entire time. Pittsburgh, which has a lot of money to spend, and they need at a quarterback following Ben Roethlisberger's retirement, is another possible destination. Though it's debatable how much of an upgrade Trubisky would be over Mason Rudolph. Are you out of your gosh dang gourd, Kevin Petra? Mason Rudolph is the worst quarterback I have ever seen anywhere, folks. College, high school, NFL, pros, XFL, USFL. He is the worst thing I have ever seen. At least uh, Mitch Trubisky was winning games. Mason Rudolph was never winning games like that. So the fact that you would even even question is Mr. Bisky an upgrade over Mason Rudolph? Yes, of course, a resounding, undebatable one trillion percent. Yes, yes, don't you dare disrespect Mitchell Trubisky like that. And I know Mitchell Trubisky is not the greatest or anything like that, but that's how disrespectful this is. The hell is this? I I am demanding. I am demanding this gets retracted in the next 24 hours. You understand me, Kevin Patra? This came out at March 9th. Yes, no, this was today, 8:55. Uh, you you were did you just wake up? Did you just wake up and had to meet that 9 o'clock deadline? Oh, my God. Five more minutes. Uh, I, need, I need my word count. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll just throw in Mason Rudolph. Uh, what? What? What the hell is going on over there at NFL.com? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe this man wrote these words down. He wrote these words. These are on the record, folks. Oh, my. Uh, oh, my gosh. This, it's, it's disgraceful. <laughs> it's disgraceful. It's, this is disgraceful. This is disgraceful, folks. I cannot believe the man just said or just questioned if Mitch Trubisky is better than Mason Rudolph. I'm speechless, folks. I'm true. I'm hurt. I feel disrespected. I'm sick to my stomach and I'm speechless over here.
This is the craziest thing I've ever said. I've ever read, folks. This is the most disrespectful thing I have ever seen in my entire life, folks. This is crazy to say. And I can't believe this man just said this. 8.55 in the morning. Did you not have your coffee? You need to eat a Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry, Kevin Patra. You're not you when you're hungry because I know you don't believe this. I know you don't. I don't even know you, but I know you don't believe this. Nobody can believe this. Kevin! Oh my gosh! Ah, uh, We were loving the article! We were loving the article up until that moment! I was gushing- they were gushing over Brian Dable! Yeah! 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 Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, I, I don't even know if I can finish the show, folks! This is crazy! Absolutely absurd! That you would even write these words down. And I'm surprised that uh, whatever you wrote on allowed you to type these words. As soon as you got to kind of the, the S in Mason Rudolph, they already knew where you were going with it and just shut it down. <laughs> they shut your keyboard down. No, I'm not, I'm not letting you finish typing the sentence. Are you crazy? Oh, goodness. I don't think I can get past the disrespect to finish the show, folks. We got so much more to talk about. Oh. Wow. Speechless, folks. We've got to move on because I'm about to go crazy. I'm about to go manic. I'm about to go manic on the man, folks. I can't. Ooh. All right. We're going to pretend we didn't see that. We're going to pretend we didn't see the quote or the lead up of the quote there. Ah. Uh. Uh, okay, we didn't see the we didn't see the lead up. Okay, Mason Rudolph. We're not even now. We got Mason Rudolph in my head, and I'm I'm picturing the man, folks, and he's so trash. Uh, okay, we didn't see that. We did not see that. Mitchell Trubisky's fantastic. We got it. All right, here we go. Last quote by Mitchell Trubisky. Don't need to mention the lead up. Here we go. Quote says quote. I think of a legendary franchise. You think of the black and the gold. You think of the coach Mike, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger slinging it around, but the black and gold, just legendary colors, a great historical franchise for the NFL. So it truly seems like uh, Mitchell Trubisky has truly no idea where he wants to go. I don't even know if Mitchell Trubisky understands that he can go anywhere because what he said, oh, you know, talking about the Giants, he was like, oh, yeah, when you think of New York, you think of, uh, you know, New York City and the Giants. When you think of, you know, the Steelers, oh, that's a legendary franchise, the black and gold, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. Do you not understand you can go wherever you want, Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, do you even know any other teams in the NFL besides the Bears and the Bills? Like, uh, okay, so... Uh, that was not confident at all. I, I don't understand. I don't. I still don't know where Mitchell Trubisky is leaning towards going. He did gush over Brian Dable, but it was all just a little, a little boilerplate-ish. But, <coughs> um. So yeah, that that article wasn't really helpful at all. Um, it made me sick to my stomach. I think I learned more about Brian Dable than I did Mitchell Trubisky. But um. Yeah, all right. Well, that's that's the MVP for you, folks. He doesn't know where he's going. And he loves the colors of the black and the gold of the Steelers. It's legendary. And he knows New York City and the Giants in New York. That's what he's got. So, we'll see We'll see where he goes. Um, yeah, that was a real, uh, that was interesting. That was just an overall interesting article. I did not see it going that way. But here we are, folks. So, Mitchell Trubisky knows he's got options. Doesn't know where he wants to go, though.
Alrighty, um, yeah, we gotta keep, we gotta keep going. All right, we're gonna save these stories for tomorrow because I wanted I want to spend time and there's film to watch and there's stuff to break down and we're already going a little bit too late here. Uh, definitely glad we set a timer on that NBA Daily Ten because oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Uh, but stories coming up tomorrow. Um, we're gonna read this article. Grand jury will hear evidence on Friday in case involving Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. So we'll hear more news about the Deshaun Watson case moving forward. He's probably the biggest name on the market now, quarterback wise. Now that we know Aaron Rodgers, now that we know Russell Wilson, it's going to come up to Deshaun Watson, whether he plays this season or not. So we'll get a better, clear understanding of what's going on with his case coming up tomorrow. We'll talk about some notable free agent quarterback names tomorrow as well. Uh, actually, we'll talk about this now. Uh, we'll have this be the lead up into uh, everything that took place yesterday. Uh, but we'll also get to this because this is funny as well. Panthers pause construction at $800 million NFL practice facility. I'm wondering why they're pausing construction on that. Because is Matt Rule bankrupting this franchise being so gosh dang bad that they can't afford the $800 million anymore? We'll get into this article tomorrow. I've been waiting on this one, folks. I've been sitting on this one for maybe a day or two cannot wait to get to this because I cannot wait to see what their reasoning why they have to pause construction on a practice facility folks I'm I'm guaranteeing it's something to do with Matt Rule being so bad at his job in this Panthers team not being good publicly in the eyes optically so they don't get money from the fans was anybody going to the Panthers games last season folks I don't even think anybody was going to those games anybody when was the last time somebody bought a Panthers uh like merchandise when was the last time somebody bought a Panthers hoodie, uh, Panthers pair of pants, a Panthers shirt. I don't think anybody's bought in anything like that in like the last five years. So we'll see why they have to pause construction on the practice facility. We'll get to that tomorrow. But alrighty. So here we go. Some, uh, yeah, well, okay. We'll maybe go over this tomorrow as well. Uh, but, um, We'll, we'll, we'll tie it all in. But here we go. Here we go. What the heck? What the heck? Craziness. Big old news coming out on the same day yesterday, folks. Two quarterbacks choosing their destination for the 2022 NFL season and potentially beyond. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got news that questions we were all kind of waiting on. Um, and they came. They finally came. One that we weren't sure was ever going to come because we know uh, Aaron Rodgers loves to kind to play the string along game he was doing it all last week all two weeks ago ever since the season ended you know Aaron Rodgers has been stringing us all along here and we finally got the answer to Aaron Rodgers but once again it comes with a little bit of a string along here folks so classic Aaron Rodgers we thought it would be the end of it we thought we had the answer but in classic Aaron Rodgers fashion still being strong along so here it is folks Aaron Rodgers has officially announced he is going to be returning to Green Bay. All righty. <clears throat> going to stick it out with Green Bay for pretty much the rest of his career. At least we think. Once again, this is where the string along comes uh, because... <clears throat> We get uh, the compensation was leaked. It was reported from Ian Rappaport. Uh, but then Aaron Rodgers says, no, that's fake. Oh, okay. Well, this was the reported deal. Reported deal, but now everybody's kind of taken aback. So once again, we don't really know what the hell is going on. <clears throat> but Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have agreed 
uh, to a four-year, $200 million deal with $153 million guaranteed. Now, what makes that interesting is that Aaron Rodgers, what did he say? Oh, no, that was categorically false of him wanting to be kind of the, the highest-paid player in the NFL. It was, quote, categorically false. He told Pat McAfee, and so far, Pat McAfee has been the mouthpiece of Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, that's fine. I know they've got a special relationship. They're friends. They're close. Okay, that's all of that. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, once again, it, it all just piles on. We don't we don't knock Aaron Rodgers and kind of, you know, hold Aaron Rodgers to this big old standard. He's on this giant pedestal because he's so gosh dang good. And we don't knock him and bring him down and hold him to that high standard because of one, you know, one lone reason or anything like that. It's everything on top of everything, on top of everything, on top of everything, folks. Tom Brady is not this kind of drama-filled. Tom Brady was never stringing everybody along like this. And he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So if there was somebody kind of being the big diva, the big uh, mysterioso here, does Aaron Rodgers want to be called the Riddler as well? I mean, we know Aaron Rodgers wants some... He wants something, folks. He wants something from everybody. Um, I don't think it was the praise. Everybody's been praising him his entire career. And he's still doing this. So it's not the praise that he wants. Um, he he may want to be called the greatest of all time, but still, even though he he gets that, he gets called the greatest of all time, still, his fans will always love him. So I don't think it's that. Uh, national media attention, it does seem to be that, but he always gets it regardless. So I don't know if it's the attention. I really think this man wants to call, be called kind of the Riddler. I think this man wants to kind of be known for his big brain, his IQ, his his the way that he puts the words. Once again, going back to the whole kind of, you know, COVID vaccine thing, he didn't want to get it. And... <clears throat> You know, he was bringing up real solid arguments that got instantly shut down by the national media because, once again, you couldn't even talk about it, even though Aaron Rodgers was bringing up very valid points. And I agreed. I mean, once again, I mean, the two biggest players that we knock on the show, once again, not for any reason. We don't knock people and players for no reason. Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers, but I respected the hell out of them for sticking to their principles and morals on the whole, you know, vaccine COVID debate. And I guess I can't even call it a debate because it couldn't be a debate, but the whole topic, they stood in their firm in their stance and made their choice and did not let the national media pressure or social media pressure uh, influence their decision, their decision. So for that, I respect Kyrie Irving and Aaron Rodgers one trillion thousand percent. Like I can't even stress how much I, I uh, respect the hell out of these two people here. But, uh, you know, it, it, just going back to it's it's everything else, folks. It's, uh, uh, I think I forgot the point I was trying to make. But, um, yeah, respect the heck out of them for, once again, not, once again, Aaron Rodgers wanting to be being known for the big brain, uh, you know, brought out, you know, some facts and the whole, you know, COVID thing and all that and why he didn't really feel comfortable taking it and didn't want to take it. He was, you know, bringing up logic and his big brain thinking. And once again, I agreed with it. I would say I'm not, you know, saying that the big brain was not working at that point, but Aaron Rodgers wants to be known for this, wants to be known for the big brain, the IQ, the smartness. He's the smartest person in the room, regardless of who's in the room. He's, uh, you know, if Kevin Patrick was in the room and he's smarter than Kevin Patrick because I know Aaron Rodgers would never say that Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky or even question that because I know Aaron Rodgers is smarter than that. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers wants to be known for the big brain, the Riddler. You know, I didn't see the new Batman yet, so please don't spoil it for me. I am chomping at the bit to go see it. I do know the Riddler's in it, and I do believe the Riddler is very good in it, but we digress. But he wants to be known as the Riddler. Oh, you know, I say one thing, categorically false. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, but I, I send out these cryptic messages. Oh, you thought that 
was cryptic? You thought that was the message? You thought gratitude was cryptic? You thought, that's something the Riddler would say. Oh, Bat, you thought gratitude was cryptic? Ha ha ha, think again. And, you know, the cage drops on Batman because Batman didn't solve the riddle. He got, uh, he got, he got bamboozled by the fake riddle. Oh, Batman, you thought gratitude was the riddle? You thought there was some conspiracy in the gratitude post I posted? That was the misdirection. That was the left hand when you should have been watching the big right hook coming at your bat face. That's what Aaron Rodgers wants to be known for yo you thought the gratitude was cryptic no it wasn't i told y'all i was coming back it's not cryptic it's gratitude i love the team i'm back what was so cryptic why y'all thought i was going somewhere i posted the instagram post y'all took that as cryptic y'all thought there was some message in there the me leaving why would you think that why would you think that why that's what aaron Rodgers is folks because who does that? Nobody just does that. Aaron Rodgers has never shown gratitude from an Instagram post to that magnitude before. That's why we all read in it. But Aaron Rodgers wants to make us all look like fools for reading into it. So Aaron Rodgers is the smartest one in the room. Yes, folks. That's what he wants. And that's the only thing that he wants. He never really wants money. I don't think money does it for Aaron Rodgers. Um, once again, he said he didn't want to be the highest paid NFL player here. And so far, we are getting that to be cat Categorically false at the moment. So back to this, you know, the four-year, two hundred million dollar deal, hundred and fifty-three million dollars guaranteed is supposedly false because now we get Aaron Rodgers. See. Why can't Aaron Rodgers just do this right from the jump? Why does he have to go to Pat McAfee say, "Hey, I'm coming back <clears throat> to the Packers here"? This was yesterday at 11:25 a.m. Pat McAfee announcing on uh, Twitter, "Hey, according to my sources, Aaron Rodgers will officially be returning to the Green Bay Packers. There is no deal in place currently, but there is said to be a cap-friendly deal on the way. Retirement was a real consideration, and in the end, he is back with the Pack. He gets the information from Aaron Rodgers. His source is Aaron Rodgers, folks. We know this." So, Pat McAfee saying, hey, there's no deal in place and all that. And then it's reported by Ian Rappaport. Hey, four-year, $200 million. So, who do we believe? The insider, Ian Rappaport, or Aaron Rodgers, who loves to be play these Riddler-type games out here? So, uh, we don't know. But, once again, Aaron Rodgers could have just put an end to it right from the beginning. Because about three hours later, at 2.43 p.m., Aaron Rodgers goes to Twitter. Why couldn't you just be the person to do this? So, we don't have the kind of middleman to go through. And then the other, uh, you know, uh, Ian Rapport tweeting something else. Why can't Aaron Rodgers just do it himself? Because he wants to be the Riddler! Aaron Rodgers, he's a... We're, we're giving... Aaron Rodgers a canvas next season and he's about to be the Riddler folks no more Turtle Rodgers Turtle Rodgers um has turned into the evil villain Riddler Rodgers Aaron Riddler Rodgers is that what you want Aaron because uh, once again we're still trying to truly learn the exact thing you want and I think it is to be called the Riddler now so Aaron Rodgers is that what you want people to call you the Riddler we're calling you the Riddler can we once again get over it because once next year starts and you start if this is truly four years this is probably the rest of Aaron Rodgers career but I mean can we be done with the gimmicks can we be done with the Riddler can we be done with kind of being the smartest person 
person in the room. And can you just get to football, please, Aaron? Can you just get back to football when you were winning the Super Bowl and everyone was calling you the greatest of all time? I want to get back to that. I want to have the debate, folks. We want the debate. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, who's the greatest of all time? But we can't have the debate. It is not a debate at the current moment, folks. It is Tom Brady, a thousand percent. Aaron Rodgers gets to another Super Bowl. It goes from Tom Brady 100% guaranteed greatest of all time to only about like 90%. That's just if Aaron Rodgers gets to another Super Bowl. The debate goes from 100 to 0 to about 90-10 in favor to Tom Brady. Actually, I'll go a little bit higher. It would probably go to 80. I would say it would go 80-20. I'm, I'm, I'm going to increase it. If Aaron Rodgers just gets to the Super Bowl, it goes to 80-20 debatable Tom Brady. If Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl, it goes to about 65-35. Uh, 60-40, it's very close to 60-40 debate. If Aaron Rodgers wins a ring, uh, one more ring, he wins two more rings, it's 50-50. It's on, it's on, 50-50. Debate, debate, debate. I want to hear every single side. I want to hear every single argument for, against everybody. We're going to be having that debate if he wins two more rings. It's a clean 50-50 debate at that time. But until that time, it's zero. It's 100% zero because we haven't seen that man get back to the Super Bowl. But back to what Aaron Rodgers takes to Twitter to say. He says, hey, everyone. <laughs> just, just that, folks. I'm already annoyed. I'm already over it. I'm already over it. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, hey everyone. Uh, like, that's what he's trying to say. Hey, everyone. Uh, once again, I don't understand why everybody's talking. What, what's there to talk about? I told you all it was coming back. And, oh, there's a report coming out. Oh, there's a report coming out that I'm making all this money. Well, here, who'd you hear that from? Ian Rapport? Well, you didn't hear that from me. Well, we also didn't hear the official announcement from you either. So, Aaron, stop it. Can you please stop? It's it's enough. It's tr It's been enough. It's been enough. But really, it's enough now. Aaron Rodgers, hey, everyone. Hey. Hey, everyone. Why? My name's in the news. Hey, everyone. I just, uh, I was scrolling Twitter, and uh, there's some misinformation about me. And I don't understand how there keeps being misinformation about me on social media. I just don't get it. Because you don't say anything, and then you have the middleman for everybody. Because you don't directly communicate with us. Because you don't want to directly communicate with us. Because you want to be the Riddler. I'm telling you, folks. Aaron Rodgers wants to be the Riddler so gosh dang bad. I think Jeopardy was just kind of the um, the consolation prize. I think Aaron Rodgers auditioned to be the Riddler and didn't get it. So he's like, oh, I guess I can do Jeopardy. Because that's a little bit of riddles, clues, riddles, questions, game show. That's the best thing Aaron Rodgers could get besides being the actual Riddler. Is playing a little bit of a, a Riddler a little bit on Jeopardy. That's all. All Aaron wants to be, folks. I'm telling y'all, he wants to be the Riddler. Ugh, it's just so clear now. It's clear now, folks. He wants to be the Riddler. <laughs> We thought it was the attention. We thought it was kind of being, you know, praised for his big brain. At the end of the day, he just wants to be the Riddler. He wants to be the bad guy. He wants to be the Riddler. He wants to take down the bat. He wants to own Gotham. He he's the Riddler, folks. He's the mother-loving Riddler. But Aaron Rodgers, back to the tweet. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I, ooh, oh, that it gets me, folks. That really gets me, the fact that he started it out like that. It's just, it's just so ridiculous, folks, because he knows what he's doing. And I'm telling y'all, folks, like, everybody that still supports Aaron Rodgers falls for it. And I know it's easy to fall for, folks. I fell for it. I, I fell for it, folks. I woke up one day. But I, I, I finally woke up one day and I was like, oh, this is all the game. This is the Riddler talking. Yes, I, I understand it. I put the pieces together. This is the Riddler now. You. We all need to wake up because...
because he gets away with it, folks. He gets away with it because he's got you under your, his spell, the Riddler spell, folks. I mean, it's not easy to point out the Riddler. Which one's the Riddler? Which one's the real Riddler? Which one's the fake Riddler? Aaron Rodgers wants to be the real Riddler. So I get y'all kind of falling for it, but it's enough. It's a, folks, we've been trying to show y'all. It's been enough. It's been enough, folks. <clears throat> If he gets to another Super Bowl, it won't be that much enough and will kind of, you know, he, he can earn the Riddler. But at the current moment, the man can't earn anything, folks. Riddler, greatest of all time, Jeopardy hose, big brain, we're done with it. Until you get to another Super Bowl, you must back up the Riddler. What makes the Riddler so good is not that because you think of the Riddler. Oh, Batman's like, oh, no, I know the Riddler's out there. I haven't seen the Riddler in like 20 years, but I know he's out there. No, what makes the Riddler so good is that he's there and he always gets it done. And the Riddler's, the Riddles always work and they always confuse and they always point to a bigger picture because it works. Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't work. He doesn't win the ring. He doesn't, he doesn't get to the Super Bowl. So we, we've got the ghost of the Riddler here in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers so far is the ghost of the Riddler. We're supposed to be scared of the ghost of the Riddler? A little bit of a folk tale of the Riddler? The folklore, ooh, 20 years ago, there was a great quarterback named Aaron Rodgers who only won one Super Bowl but was so good. Everyone was afraid of him. He was so good. Well, how could he be good if he only won one Super Bowl? And how many years? He's going in year 18, only one Super Bowl? What about the other Riddler? Wasn't there another Riddler? Tom Brady? Something like that? Wasn't there somebody? No, don't worry about Tom Brady. Don't worry. Tom Brady, like the Joker, like the, the main villain in Batman because he's the greatest of all time. So Aaron Rodgers does have to kind of settle for, what's the Riddler, folks? I mean, honestly, no disrespect to the Riddler, but what are we talking about here? Like, uh, fifth, uh, Joker, Harley Quinn, if, if you can count, you know, you know, her as a villain. I, I think we can put him, put her up at maybe top five. Penguin, Mr. Freeze. Then we go Riddler. Do we go Riddler like five? So what, what does Aaron Rodgers really want? But back to it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's just the Riddler, folks, okay? Ghost of the Riddler, he's not afraid anymore, he's a folktale, Aaron Rodgers is a folktale right now, we don't care, nobody's afraid of Aaron Rodgers right now, and I just had this discussion with a friend yesterday, uh, he told me, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is feared in the regular season, what kind of fear is that, who fears somebody in the regular season, like, I do, I do know Aaron Rodgers is great in the regular season, so if there is a time to fear Aaron Rodgers, it definitely is in the regular season, I get that, but who wants to just be feared in the regular season, what kind of shit is that, that's shit, bruh, you want to be scared, oh no, Aaron Rodgers in the regular season, oh no, I have to meet him week seven, and then after week seven, you're good for the rest of the year, even if you are in the same division, Oh, okay, we're done with him? Okay, we, okay, well, yeah, we can see him in the playoffs, but who cares? He's not scary. He's not Riddler in the playoffs. He's Ghost of the Riddler in the playoffs. He's Riddler in the regular season. Ghost of Riddler in the playoffs. Done, done, done. So back to the quote here on the tweet. Let's freaking read this because it's just ridiculous, And but here it is. Hey, everyone, just wanted to clear some things up. Oh, he gets to me. Oh, hey, everyone, just wanted to clear some things up. I saw my name trending on Twitter, and I just don't understand why. And then I saw the, the, the terms, and I don't even know the terms. We haven't even agreed on the terms, so why are you all talking about terms? Uh, but here I am just trying to squash the, the misinformation and the disinformation on the terms. I haven't agreed to any terms yet. I told you all they didn't want to be the highest paid quarterbacks. But the terms say that. Uh, the terms, 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 terms. Aaron, you could have just came out yourself be like, I'm returning to the Packers. And as soon as you text, uh, tweeted that out, it, there's no more kind of, you know, I don't think there's any misinformation coming out. <clears throat> 
I don't think the, the terms get leaked or anything like that. And these terms could still be real. Just because Aaron Rodgers says they're not doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Aaron Rodgers' words mean nothing, really. The Riddler's words. Would you believe in the Riddler's words, folks? Every time the Riddler opens his mouth, you really don't know if you take it for truth or false. Real or fake? What is it? That's the point of the Riddler. You don't know. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to clear some things up. Yes. All caps. Yes. I will be playing with the Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate, as are the supposed terms of the contract I signed. In quotes, I signed. Hey, everyone. Yes. Yes, I'm returning to the Packers. However, uh, the, the terms I signed. I signed these terms? Oh, that's news to me. I didn't sign anything. I know how Aaron Rodgers wrote this, folks. I'm telling you, this is exactly how we meant it. Hey everyone, just wanted to clear some things up. Yes. I am I will be playing with the Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate. They're inaccurate. As are, as are. The reports about me signing the contract, they're inaccurate. As are, as are the supposed terms of the contract I signed. I'm very excited to be back. Strength emoji, hashtag year 18 love. That's how he. That's how he wrote it. That's what was. That's how he was reading it to himself in his head as he was writing it down. Hey everyone, just wanted to be. Uh, just wanted to clear some things up. Yes, I will be playing with the Packers next year. However, reports about me signing a contract are they're inaccurate. As are the supposed terms of the contract I signed. I'm very excited to be back. Strength emoji. Hashtag year 18 heart. Do y'all see it now? It's it's so crystal clear to me, folks. And I try to explain it to y'all so y'all can see it as well. And that's what I hope I'm doing. I am hope I'm opening your eyes to Aaron Rodgers because it's just it's enough for what he's done in the league already, folks. It's way overboard. Aaron Rodgers, he's not worth it. He has not done the accolades to truly be the Riddler, folks. Aaron Rodgers is in the beginning stages of becoming the Riddler, folks. And until he gets to another Super Bowl, the Riddler discussion is done. Aaron Rodgers, you are not the Riddler. You're, you're, you're a joke. Ooh, how about that for a Riddler? How about that for a riddle? You're not the Riddler. You're the joke. You're the punchline. You're not the Riddler. The punchline. You're the joke, Aaron. That's you until you get to another Super Bowl. So we're done. I'm done. I see through the 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 charade that Aaron Rodgers has been putting up his entire career. We're done. Donezo with it, folks. Done until he gets to another Super Bowl. And and what makes this so much more worse by Aaron Rodgers? He wanted to have the big old attention here. He wanted to kind of, you know, break the internet. And guess what yesterday was, folks? International Women's Day. A little misogynist, don't you think, Aaron? Taking all the attention away from the great women that are all around the world. Yeah, Aaron wanted to make it about him, a man, on International Women's Day. Wanted all the fame, all the glory on one woman, on every woman's one day that they have. Women can't play in the NFL. 
Women get paid less than men for the same work. Women can't be CEOs anymore or nowadays they should. They should absolutely, but they're not. And Aaron Rodgers took this day that women use the kind of voice on their platform. Hey, we want some more respect over here. Let's start respecting the women of the workplace. Women in our lives a little bit more. And Aaron Rodgers took this day to make it about him. Do you see where the issue is, folks? Aaron Rodgers is not the good guy. Yes, he's the Riddler. Only the Riddler, a villain, would take International Women's Day and make it about him. Not her. He's making it about him. International Women's Day. Aaron Rodgers has always been a villain, folks. He likes to sell himself as the hero. He likes to sell himself as the Batman. The Bat? No! He wants to be the Riddler. He wants to be recognized as the Riddler. The man is a villain. That's what makes it all worse. Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, perfect segue to... The next big old story here, another big old quarterback that is making big old news here, Russell Wilson, no longer a Seattle Seahawk and is going to the Broncos. Now, why it's okay for Russell Wilson to do this and make this a major announcement on International Women's Day? Well, he's married to Sierra. That girl is a queen. That Excuse me, that woman, she's a queen. Russell Wilson always kind of hypes up the queen, Sierra. It's a true 50-50 partnership in their relationship. That's why it's okay for Russell Wilson to make this announcement because it also boosts up Sierra. Yes, Russell Wilson is respecting women on International Women's Day because it's, it's propping up Sierra more, the queen and goddess that she is. Yes? Yes, Russell Wilson saved Sierra from Future. No disrespect to Future, greatest artist of all time. You can make the debate, I'd probably agree. But, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, treating women right? <laughs> yes, folks, I mean, we all know, yes, yes, folks. So, Russell Wilson saved uh, Sierra from that, from that, from that relationship. That's why, Russell Wilson, it's okay for him to make this announcement on International Women's Day. Not Aaron Rodgers, okay? Does Aaron Rodgers even, uh, didn't he just get like broken up with? Didn't he just break up with somebody? And this is what he wants to do on International Women's Day? Do you see what we're saying, folks? Okay? He's the villain. He is the Riddler. Yes? Do you all see it now? The Riddler. <laughs> all righty. Back to uh, back to the news here, though. So here we go. Aaron Rodgers, we're done with that. Done with him. Let's go on to some more important information. This is Russell Wilson, folks. Russell Wilson leaving the Seahawks, being traded from the Seahawks, and being traded to the Denver Broncos. Man, oh man, what a trade! And just real interesting that we got the trade once again. I mean, Pete Carroll just said it. When did he say this, folks? I we we brought it up. We talked about it. I remember going into it. Let me see. Here it is. Here it is, folks. Let me get this in the right spot. Here we go. See, uh, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll says, quote, we have no intention 
of trading Russell Wilson. This was March 2nd, folks. We talked about this. We read this on the show. We have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. Once again, going back to what everybody says, everybody says the words, Aaron Rodgers saying it's categorically false on the contract, but then the contract shows, and then he says it's false, and going back to the NFL, their investigation uh, into Brian Flores, everything, oh, it's categorically false, categorically false. Of course, none of that happened. He's lying. I don't understand. And once again, the NFL saying, we just don't understand why he keeps lying. Lying. Those words, the, the real words, folks. We don't understand why he keeps saying these lies out there. So once again, you can say one thing and it's absolutely false, but you say it as truth and all that. So once again, we can take people at face value. Yes, you know, we can't always assume everybody's lying. Yes, we, we live in a society. We cannot assume everybody's lying 100% of the time, constantly, but just take everything you hear and read with a grain of salt and dig and see what their past actions show to their words and all that. This is what we do on the show. We break everything down and hear what everybody's saying, comparing it to what they've already said and their actions and all that. So when we hear the NFL say everything is categorically false, but we have some information already proving it's not categorically false, it's like, okay, can we, can we you know, be a little truthful out here a little bit? Now, I will say that uh, this is what you have to do. This is the game that you have to play as a head coach. Obviously, it's a little bit different from Roger Goodell in the, and the actual NFL because, I mean, that's it's just a little different scenarios here where, you know, see uh, Pete Carroll saying, Hey, you know, we have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. This is like a business lie where, you know, Roger Goodell saying everything is categorically false is that's just a lie. Business lie is a little different. Uh, You know, you have to lie in business. And we definitely, you know, support this lying in business. Once again, if you have a player on your team, you must always kind of back him up regardless if you're going to trade him, if you're going to cut him, let him loose, whatever it is. As long as he is on your team, anything can happen and you must make sure that that player is kind of, you know, comfortable in the locker room, not getting kind of the whirlwind trade rumors in his head. Once again, Brian Flores never really quashing those Deshaun Watson trade rumors. It ruins Tua's confidence and his ability to go out there every down and play to the best of his ability because he's always going to have it in the back of his mind. Oh, they don't want me here. So this is a lie that, you know, I think is a little acceptable in the world of business and sports and all that. Pete Carroll is not going to come out and say, yeah, we're trading Russell Wilson or yeah, you know, he is, you know, on the trade market and all that. And yeah, you know, we do have intentions of trading him because if you don't trade him, then Russell Wilson, he's going to be like, well, they don't even want me here anymore. So yes, it is a lie overall. And uh, we'll, we'll prove it's a lie uh, because this was March 2nd. The deal went down March 8th. So that's like six days where we've got, uh, you know, information about two weeks ago and all that. So this is a lie. They did have intention of, of, of trading Russell Wilson. Absolutely. hundred percent. But it is just the lie that you have to tell. Just like, you know, uh, you know, I'll, you know, I don't know who listens to the show, so we won't go too in depth, but, uh, you know, parents, you lie to your children about some things. Yes. Uh, you know, a big old holiday. Yes. You know, once again, I don't know my and I don't know the entirety of my audience so we won't go into that but you know you tell lies and you know we all tell ourselves that these lies are okay and I think this is an okay-ish lie a little bit 
lost because it just, uh, you know, it's a lie. It's not a hurtful lie. It's a lie that just kind of needs to be told so we can all just get the best out of everybody. You don't want, you know, doubt from your face of the franchise quarterback. You don't want that ever. So, you know, and then, you know, the, the flip side where everybody gets outraged of, oh, you know, you told me, why couldn't you just be honest? Uh, you know, you told me I was the guy. Now I'm not the guy. Now I have to go and move and all that. Everybody wants there to be kind of 100% full transparency and everything. I don't know if we can ever get that, but... I think this is the acceptable lie here. Uh, once again, it is a business, and everybody loves to kind of throw out, oh, it's a business, so they can cut these players. They just want to be told up front. But at the end of the day, do you want that kind of, oh, they don't really want me, that doubt, that hesitation? You can't have doubt in your mind. I mean, that's what sports are, instinct. And if you have kind of second guesses, oh, they don't really want me here. Oh, uh, well, Pete Carroll just said, um, you know, I played good. Ooh, I thought I played great. Why didn't you say I played great? You know, now you're, you know, now you're deciphering between good and great and okay and all that. And you're analyzing every single word now because they've already told you, hey, we're going to trade you, but I'm not traded yet. So what's really going on here? So I've got no problem with this type of business lie. Um, I know everybody doesn't agree, but uh, I still see it that way. I still see it that way. Uh, but yeah, Russell Wilson. Traded away from the Seahawks to the Denver Broncos, and we do have the compensation. Um, this is the actual compensation. So here we go. The Broncos get Russell Wilson in a fourth-round pick. They kind of like swap fourth and fifth-round picks this season. But uh, the Broncos get Russell Wilson in a fourth-round pick, and they give up two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick. That's kind of the swap, the fourth for the fifth. So fifth-round pick. They also give up Drew Locke. Defensive lineman Shelby Harris in tight end Noah Fant. Now, let's break down all the compensation. The two first-round picks, I've got no problem trading those. We're, we're getting guaranteed proven talent, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, that's two first-round picks. You're going to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback regardless, right? And now we don't even know if they're good or not. So you're only actually giving up a, a kind of like one more first-round picks because you would use that first-round pick on a quarterback. But we've already gotten proven talent, proven established winning Super Bowl, winning talent at the quarterback position. Yeah, that's an extra, you know, first round pick. So the two first round picks, I've got no problem with the two second round picks. Yeah. Once again, I've got no problem with second round picks. They're trash. If they're not a top 10 pick, they're trash at the end of the day. I trade away all my draft picks. Honestly, folks, if you give me control of a team, I, if it's not a top 10 draft pick, I am not keeping it for the most part. I'm trading it for proven talent. Give me provable talent right now instead of mystery talent, folks. It's like, um, you know, the, the classic joke of, you know, would you like a new boat or do you want a mystery box? And in the mystery box, it could be anything. It could even be a boat. So do you want the boat or do you want the mystery box that could be anything, even a boat? You're going to go with the boat because what the fuck's going to be in a mystery box? You know, I'm, I'm getting guaranteed boat. Give me the boat. Give me the guaranteed boat instead of the chance to potentially maybe get the boat, maybe something better, but a whole lot to get a lot worse. So give me the guaranteed boat. Yes, I'm taking the boat. I'm taking Russell Wilson. I'm taking the guaranteed quarterback. I'm not taking a first-round pick. So two first-round picks, absolutely fine. Two second-round picks, absolutely fine. 
Quarterback Drew Locke, yeah, throw that man in. Uh, I'm glad. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's actually helping me. I don't got to kind of keep Drew Locke on my roster anymore. I didn't want this man on my team anyway, regardless of what we were doing at quarterback this season. Drew Locke, he's just not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not just guy, folks. The man is, you know, he's nothing really out here. He hasn't improved. He hasn't shown he can improve himself. He's still that gunslinger, inaccurate, high interception, high turnover rate, multiple, uh, multiple opportunities and multiple seasons to kind of be the starter, be the guy, show that you've gotten better, and he just hasn't. Now, obviously, he can always get better. Yes, folks, we understand that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, how much more longer do we have to keep an unproven talent? Year four, year five, I mean, the Giants are this close to being done with Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones has shown us big-time promise. And they didn't even sign his fifth-year option. You want me to keep around Drew Locke for year number four when he hasn't even proven anything to us yet? So yeah, throw out, I would throw out Drew Locke. <laughs> I was going to throw this man in the dumpster if if we didn't trade him anyway. So yeah, thank you for taking him off my hands. Defensive lineman Shelby Harris. Obviously defense wins championships, so that's a little bit of a big big takeaway there. And then I think what maybe is maybe the biggest the biggest takeaway, the biggest loss in the trade is tight end Noah Fant. Noah Fant was very very good for the the carousel circus that was the Denver Broncos starting quarter back position. So, Noah Fant no longer on the Broncos and the Seahawks get him. So, Seahawks have a ton to build with um, in the future. And they've got, you know, DK Metcalf. Do they keep him now or are they going to blow it all up? This is really going to be, you know, the next step in this trade. The Broncos are all set, really. They've got the squad around them. They've got the offense, the defense, the coach, the coach, the coach, folks. The coach. Let's remind ourselves what we wrote down on this new Broncos head coach. Nathaniel Hackett, we said right choice, offensive, innovative, genius, run and pass, perfect balance. And what does Russell Wilson do? Dual threat quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, give up whatever it takes to get Russell Wilson. So, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive, innovative, genius that we know he is, he's going to get the best out of him. Once again, Pete Carroll, defensive-minded coach, and we just saw Russell Wilson, you know, know come out on the scene hot as heck and then just kind of you know kind of get a, a tad worse a tad less every year after that defensive minded guy offense struggling the last two seasons that's why Russell Wilson gets traded yes yes folks once again defensive guys at the head coaching position I don't think are the right choice this is example number 758 now folks so, uh, Broncos, yeah, they're good. They're good to go right now. They're, they've got everything. They're going to be championship contenders, Super Bowl contenders right off the rip here. But this Seahawks team, they've got everything in place to potentially build, you know, for the future. What are they going to do? Which quarterback are they going to get? And that's going to kind of tie into some of the film that we're, we are going to watch, uh, the kind of uh, the highest graded quarterback in this year's draft we are going to watch his tape as well um, I don't know how we're going to watch it we're getting a little close to the end of the show here but uh, we'll figure it out as we keep going 
But uh, Seahawks can definitely build for the future upcoming here. How much of it do they blow up? Do they get rid of Pete Carroll? Are they truly starting from scratch? Do they keep DK, D, DK Metcalf? They still got Tyler Lockett. There's still some nice pieces on this team. And then you add Noah Fant to that. So if you keep DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant, I mean, you are kind of just a plug-and-play quarterback away from kind of being still a little competitive. Obviously not as competitive as Russell Wilson because that offensive line still needs to be short up because once again that is the biggest problem for this Seahawks team it obviously was never Russell Wilson we don't think we are going to investigate that a little bit to see if there's any drop off on Russell Wilson because that's truly what it's going to determine if this was a winnable trade for the Seahawks how much good football does Russell Wilson still have left once again came out hot into the scene but hasn't done anything since like 2015 once again Patrick Mahomes four year stretch great but just lost in the AFC championship game you know uh, does he keep you know falling Falling off the same path that Russell Wilson did. So really time is going to tell and that is an, that is an unsatisfying answer. I truly get it. But time is truly going to determine whether the Seahawks won this trade or not. Face value right now, I say the Broncos won the trade because they are a plug-and-play quarterback away from being kind of contenders. They've got the offense. They've got the coach. It was never going to be Teddy Bridgewater. It was never going to be Drew Locke to bring this team to what it is capable of doing with all the talent on the team. So, yeah, the Broncos initially absolutely won the trade. Getting rid of picks. Who cares about picks? Uh, uh, Drew Locke, we don't even like the man. We were going to throw that man in the dumpster regardless. Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, okay. But at the end of the day, they're kind of tier twos. You know, uh, these are tier two in their position, the respective positions, folks. I don't know if these are tier one, you know, defensive linemen, tight ends, and that's no disrespect to them. But I mean, yeah, tier two pieces, a couple of draft picks for Russell Wilson, provable, winnable, Super Bowl winning talent. Yes, give me that now, please, please. Now, for the specific picks in these draft picks. So, here are the actual picks. The Denver, uh, the Seahawks get Denver's 2022, this year's draft first round pick, which is pick number nine. Now, this is great because the Seahawks, they did not have a first round pick this season. So, they're like, we can keep Russell Wilson. The offensive line can still struggle, but we really don't have any big way to fix it. Yeah, we can spend in free agency, but I don't think the Seahawks were one of the kind of top uh, uh, free money earners here in, uh, in cap space. Let me see if I can quickly go back here. We talked about it a few days ago on the show, the cap space. Uh, we talked about the 10 highest and the 10 worst, 10 lowest. Let me see where Seattle was kind of at. Because once again, you don't have the kind of draft picks to kind of kind of retool the team where they kind of are good next season. From 2020 to 2021, folks, I mean, it just got worse. We heard, you know, the crumblings in the offseason of 2020 of, hey, you know, Russell Wilson, I want to be traded and all that. And then this season, even worse than last season. So, yeah, you're not going to be able to fix this team with no first-round draft pick. And if you're tight on money against the cap, yeah, you're definitely not going to be able to fix it so maybe the Seahawks plan to truly fix everything was to blow it all up start from scratch there is a solid a little bit of solid talent in the quarterback market in the draft uh, you know we just had the pro days um, come last week uh, I think they still went into the weekend but um, you know this one 
quarterback was making big old noise, Malik Willis, and he's kind of kind of uh, secured himself as the number one quarterback taken in this draft. So Seahawks are like, hey, we kind of like this quarterback. We can't fix it all here, so let's blow it up and go on him, bet on him. Let's bet on him. Everybody in agreement? All right, here we are. And then they make the trade, and they're going to kind of go with that plan. So here we go. Teams currently over the cap. We got the Saints, the Packers, the Cowboys, Rams, Vikings, Giants, Falcons, Bills, 49ers, Cardinals. All right, team under the cap. Let's go to them. That should be very close as well. Are they under the cap, or are they kind of in the middle of the road here? Scrolling for the tweet. Scrolling for the tweet. Cannot find the tweet. We talked about it on the same day, so I thought they were right next to each other. All right, well, they're not over the cap. We know this. Are they under the cap? That is going to go un, uh, unsolved because I'm not going to keep scrolling anymore, and we still got to kind of talk about some more things. So let me drop this. We don't. They're not over the cap top 10, but they may be a, a kind of like middle-of-the-road pack where you know they don't really have that much flexibility cap space-wise, money-wise. All right, so Seahawks, whatever whatever their situation is, they decide to blow it all up here. And, uh, you know, with that first-round pick, pick number nine. Here we go, here we go. Teams with the mo most cap space, we got the Dolphins, the Jags, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Jets, the Broncos, the Broncos, yeah. Uh, the Colts, the Seahawks at $34 million. So they do have money to work with. All right, uh, so that's kind of their plan now. Let's get that quarterback at number nine. Let's spend some money here and see if we can build it up here and maybe seeing, you know, Russell Wilson fall off a little bit. And that's going to be part two. Don't think we're going to be able to get into all the film because there is a lot of film I do want to watch here. Um, so we will do a little bit of a part two tomorrow on the Russell Wilson. We are taking care of on the Aaron Rodgers front, but with Russell Wilson, there is more at play here. Is Russell Wilson declining? Once again, we haven't seen him do anything really relevant uh, since 2015. I think he got to another NFC Championship game, but didn't look great, um, and then that was really it. That's all he's done over the last kind of six seasons. So is Russell Wilson falling off? That's going to be coming part two tomorrow on the show. We'll watch Malik Willis. Is this a true talent that we can see winning year one, year two in the near future with the Seahawks? Because that is seeming like that is going to happen here because uh, we get the Seahawks getting the ninth overall pick now Jaguars are at one they got their quarterback lines at number two that could be big time interesting we heard from the general manager hey we got to see Jared Goff improve so do they take a shot were they impressed with Malik Willis so Lions could potentially take a quarterback Texans at number three are they sticking with Davis Mills I think so but we have Lovey Smith so they, he may go his own route I don't think so uh, so I think the Lions could take a quarterback. The Texans, they could. Let's just mark them for a could. Jets, they got their guy. Giants, they've got you know Daniel Jones, and they're going to believe in him for at least this season and maybe Mitch Trubisky. I don't see them going quarterback-wise, number five. The Carolina Panthers, they are in the market for a quarterback, and they said they're going to leave, leave no t uh, stone unturned. So that's another team that could take the, a quarterback. The Giants have another. Oh, my God, they got two top ten picks. Holy cow. They got a pick at number seven. Falcons, they seem like they're comfortable with Matt Ryan. And then the Broncos choose at number nine. So there are some teams that could take a quarterback um, from the Seahawks. Uh, excuse me, Broncos are at number nine, but they get that number nine pick. They give that number nine pick to the Seahawks. Um, so there are a few teams that could take a quarterback. 
before the Seahawks can at number nine. Nobody's really kind of expecting that, though. All the big boards I've seen, it's all kind of linemen and all that. So the Broncos could be getting Malik Willis at number nine. So is that going to be a serviceable option? Once again, that's going to play into who actually won the trade. So there is some film to watch. Is Russell Wilson falling, kind of trending downwards? Is this the right moment to get rid of Russell Wilson? Because we see his overall production start declining over the last few years. So I want to watch the film. I want to watch some tape on Russell Wilson on what he did this season compared to what he did in his Super Bowl winning season. Are we still seeing the same exact things? Has this man fallen down a little bit? Has this man gotten better? So I want to see that. Once again, that's going to play in who won the trade. If you trade Russell Wilson at his kind of peak right before he falls off a cliff, then yeah, of course the Seahawks would win the trade. If these draft picks pan out with Malik Willis as their starting quarterback, then yeah, maybe the Seahawks did win the trade because this is still a hard division, folks. This is not a home run hitter. Russ with Russell Wilson here uh, now that he's with the Denver Broncos because have you seen the quarterbacks here Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr and that begs the question here everyone's talking about this who is the you know rank these quarterbacks one through four of the starting quarterbacks of the AFC West so I would say Patrick Mahomes is number one here, folks. You know, he's kind of prime Russell Wilson. He's still kind of in the prime Russell Wilson, folks. Once again, you have to remember how everybody was talking about Russell Wilson, folks. They talked about Russell Wilson the same exact way they're talking about Patrick Mahomes right now. And we've seen both these quarterbacks do the same thing, winning and getting to multiple Super Bowls in their first four years, and then kind of go ghost mode over the last, you know, six years, like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes in the midst of, you know, kind of being in that kind of six-game skid, six-year skid of not doing anything relevant in the Super Bowl or anything like that. So I think I get Patrick Mahomes one. We'll have to see with the film, but I'm going to say that Russell Wilson, what I remember of Russell Wilson is kind of number two, Justin Herbert, number three, and then that's just unfortunate Derek Carr, number four, um, but uh, really why he's only number four, the stats, I mean, the stats are not why he's number four, but kind of the, we haven't seen what he has been able to do in the playoffs. Same thing with Justin Herbert. I haven't really seen him be good in the playoffs here. Um, so that's why I put Patrick Mahomes one, Russell Wilson two, Justin Herbert three, Derek Carr four, Justin Herbert a little bit more upside because he is a little bit younger than Derek Carr. Derek Carr getting into the playoff game, meh, meh, a little bit. So ugh, it's tough, folks, but uh, I would put it at Patrick Mahomes one, Russell Wilson two, Justin Herbert three, and Derek Carr four, and that's tough. And well, after we watch the film, how do we reorder these? Do we have Justin Herbert over Russell Wilson? Do we have Derek Carr over Russell Wilson? Do we have Russell Wilson at number one over Patrick Holmes? So we will get to film tomorrow. Couldn't squeeze it into today's show. Unfortunate. We tried, folks. We truly tried our best. And then the last thing I want to mention right here before we wrap it up for today, part one of the Russell Wilson uh, trade, uh, just the information. This is part one, the information. The information, laying down the information, part two, we'll investigate some film here. Um, but, and that's coming tomorrow, folks, so you don't have to wait that long. But the last thing I want to kind of point here, once again, we called Pat, uh, Pete Carroll liar. You know, he lied. There was a business lie. We understand it. But this is why, because that was March 2nd. Deal went down March 8th. That's a week at most, if you want to call it a week. And then we get this tweet here by Adam Sheff. After Denver acquiring Russell Wilson has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers' decision to return to Green Bay. Uh, yes, it does, but let's continue with the quote, uh, the tweet. Denver general manager George Patton initiated trade talks with Seattle for Wilson at least two weeks ago. So at least two weeks ago, they initiated the trade. So yes, Pete Carroll, you did have intentions of trading Russell Wilson. It was two weeks ago. That quote came out last week. So he had a full week. 
of planning of trading Russell Wilson. And of course, that had to do something with Aaron Rodgers because it came out right after her. Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, and then they announce the trade for Russell Wilson. Because, of course, you are going to facilitate the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Even if Russell Wilson isn't going to be, you know, sure fire, good to go, you're going to play the field. You're going to have all your options available. You don't go over, go after one guy and be like, well, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, we may be able to get one of these quarterbacks. So who do we try for? All right, let's go for Aaron Rodgers. You don't go for one. You do both. You send the fielders out to both. Aaron Rodgers, he was still playing the game. We didn't know Aaron Rodgers was saying in Green Bay till yesterday. From till yesterday, folks, it was Aaron Rodgers. The last thing we heard was, "Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. A, a decision is coming soon, but I don't know what I'm doing." So of course the Broncos would be asking about Aaron Rodgers in a trade scenario. Yes, they're still looking at Russell Wilson because they feel like they can get both. But yeah, they're going to be having their feelers out on both. So yes, the decision did have a little bit of an impact with Aaron Rodgers. Because if Aaron Rodgers is still available, do we take Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? That's the debate to be had. And I think it's tough, folks. But we have to really watch the film on Russell Wilson. Because if I see a little bit of a, uh, of a decline on Russell Wilson over the last few seasons, yeah, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Get him in the AFC with all this talent. Yeah, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I know he's the headache and he's the Red Riddler and all that. We get it. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson, shorter quarterback. We've got these kind of, hey, shorter quarterbacks. We're starting to kind of see, hey, we got to stay away from them. So, yeah, I think I'd just take Aaron Rodgers. So, um, I just think uh, the fact that Adam Schefter would say Denver acquiring Russell Wilson has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers' decision to return to Green Bay, I think it has everything to do with Rodgers' decision to return to Green Bay. Because I think if the Broncos had their cho choice, of Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, they go with Aaron Rodgers. I think that is the case. Um, obviously, we'll never know, but uh, that is what I am presuming to be true because I've seen information. <laughs> so, um, all right. But I think that's where we are going to leave it, folks. Two big face of the franchise, top 10 potentially and greatest of all time, making big time major shake up the NFL decisions just in one day, folks. It was absolutely crazy. And kind of in the same uh, like three-hour window. So it was really, truly crazy yesterday. And unfortunately, all of it happened after our show. Classic. Alrighty, so that is going to do it for us today, folks. Part one of the quarterback talk. We're getting into more Russell Wilson tomorrow on the show. We're digging deep into the film. We'll do another NBA Daily 10, get that out of the way, and focus on the film. And I love it that we get to watch a little bit of uh, quarterback uh, draft prospect. Our first draft prospect watch breakdown of the season. Cannot wait for that. So, all that is coming tomorrow, folks. Uh, once again, we don't have to get it all out in one day. You know, it's hey, if we don't get it in one day, we've got time to talk about things. We like to investigate. We don't just like to, oh, well, here's one stat. We'll go with this stat. Yeah, he's good. I want to see the full body of work, folks. That's what we do here on the show. Alrighty, folks, but that's going to do it for us today. Doesn't seem like anything is breaking. No more wild quarterback news. So we can get out of here. Now we get, you know, Jordan Love. Jordan Love's going to be leaving the Packers. They have to get rid of him. So where does he go? Who gets him? All of that. So a lot more to this, folks, that we will have to get to, to tomorrow. Uh, we get to hear from Russell Wilson. He says he's, quote, forever grateful to Seattle following the trade. So we'll hear from Russell Wilson. Folks, there is more stuff to talk about tomorrow. We just cannot fit it into today's show. But we are back live to uh, noon Eastern tomorrow. Live noon Eastern tomorrow. Twitch.tv slash takes by fans to hopefully settle it up. And if not, then we go to part three on Friday.
That's what it will be, folks. So we're talking quarterbacks, folks. The offseason, folks. It's interesting. And this is what we were trying to avoid, getting all of, all of our final thoughts out on every single team before the craziness happened. Doesn't seem like it's turning out that way, but we must roll with the flow here. So I don't know if we're getting any more NFL final thoughts. We did four teams. Is that going to be good enough? It may have to be. So talking Russell Wilson, film, second year, Super Bowl winning year, last year. How's that looking? Look at Malik Willis. Film. How's he looking in his pro day? How do you look in the, you know, did he get to Pro Bowls? Winning Pro Bowls. We count Pro Bowls big time. We'll see how he did in all that. So all that's coming tomorrow on the show. It's going to be a great one, just like today was. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but I want to say this was one of the best shows we've ever done. So um, if this is your first time listening to a show, this is it. This is what it is, folks. You like it? I think this was pretty good. I, I liked it. I, it felt good coming out of my mouth today. So I'll leave it at that. Folks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back live tomorrow. And uh, Man, oh, man, cannot wait to get into the thick of it even more, folks. We've just reached the thick of it. Tomorrow, we're going to be grabbing all the thickness. Russell Wilson, we'll see what he's got tomorrow, folks. We are out of here. Have an absolute great one. Win a little bit of money in the NBA. Come back tomorrow. We'll do it all over again. All right, folks, have an absolute great one. We'll see what news breaks. We're going off air, folks. What's going to happen? We, we go off air, shit hits the fan. What hits the fan? We'll talk about it uh, tomorrow, folks. Have an absolute great one, folks. We'll